Hello everybody, this is Kylie Gable. Welcome to another episode of the Feminization Boudoir from Candy Apple Press. Uh, this week we have another installment from Feminized for His Inheritance by Shayla Aspasia. All four parts have been available for purchase for a while now, and I am sure some of you have it already because the sales have been great. Thank you so much for a great week on both Clips for Sale and I Want Clips. I definitely need to do more with I Want Clips. I, I neglected it because I didn't think there was that much there, and uh, it seems like sales have been really good for some of the girls, and now for me as well. It is crazy in Chicago. The snow is, the snow and the ice are just insane. And I feel so sorry for my dog because it's just, he likes the snow normally, but it is too cold and it is too icy for him. And it's it's rough. And it's probably going to be that way all week before we get some relief. Um, so, I, I will tell you right now that I have... Um, Jen Davis is actually doing some writing. She's starting to publish some books of her own. And she um, has been uh, playing with my story, uh, Mauled. Which was a really good seller for me on Amazon. Um, she's going to record that. But there are some references to teens on there. We wanted to tone those down a little bit. And we definitely uh, wanted a little more spanking to make it more of her, her type of story. So both of those were taken care of. Um, Raina is doing a story for me. She thought that she'd have it ready for today. But she's going to have it ready for next week, I'm sure. And, and that'll be great. And, of course, Shayla is just burning up the, you know... Burn them up. Although, right now, the storm, which is so bad in Chicago and Texas, has knocked out her power. So, we're all kind of getting hit by that. Hope you're staying warm. I hope you're staying safe. Here's part three of Feminized uh, for His Inheritance by myself and with an audio by the great Shayla Aspasia. Feminized for His Inheritance. Written by Kylie Gable. Narrated by Shayla Aspasia. Bill was surprised to find the bright sunshine of morning pouring into his room when he opened his eyes. It had only been the result of pure exhaustion that he got any sleep at all. Rachel had bound his naked arms and legs to the bedpost before she and Alex left the room. It had Bill forced into an unnatural, stretched position, in which he couldn't move much at all. It forced him onto his back, and he much preferred to roll over and curl up into a ball when the choice was left to him. His restless night had been punctuated with extremely vivid dreams wherein he pleasured men and she-males. In his first dream, a man in a dark suit chased him with an enormously erect cock. Bill was dressed in a maid's outfit, and he had breasts. He was cornered by the man, who forced his massive penis into Bill's mouth. He thrust and thrust into his face, and kept calling him Lori. Bill awoke choking and uncomfortable. When he nodded off again, he dreamed of a gang of she-males. 
Like in the other dream, they were chasing him, and he was forced to take their penises in his mouth. One by one, they came into and onto him, laughing and saying things like, Sweet little sissy, what a pretty little girly. It was when one particularly harsh she-male approached Bill with a menacing whip in her hand, shouting at him, Bad girl, bad lorry, that he awoke again. He looked down and saw that he had an erection, which he couldn't touch or control. Although he was alone, he felt ashamed. Bill was sure that these dreams continued throughout the night, but he couldn't remember them all. When Paula and Barbara entered his room at eight in the morning to wake him, Bill had already been up for nearly half an hour. Wakey, wakey, sung Barbara and Paula in unison. Bill turned his head towards the two women and groaned as he saw their predatory smiles. He was relieved that his penis was no longer erect. Hey, that's no way to say good morning, said Paula, throwing open the curtains. Now Bill was hit with a full blast of sunshine, rather than the tiny bit of sunlight that had been pouring in around the edges of the curtains. Paula was wearing a purple, silky nightgown, and Barbara was in a checkered pajamas. They looked fresh and energetic, as though they had slept really well. They looked at Bill in his naked, tied-up state. Did you sleep well? asked Barbara, sadistically. Bill didn't answer. She looked at Paula and smirked. We heard all sorts of interesting noises coming from this room last night, giggled Paula. It sounded like somebody had fun. Bill remained silent as Paula approached his bedside. So, did you enjoy yourself? Did you like your new mistresses? They were a little harsh, weren't they? Bill didn't say a thing. We had no idea you liked to be treated so mean, she said. But now we know, for future reference. You like to be treated like a bad, bad girl, don't you? He ignored her, despite the fact that she was practically on top of him, on the bed. She sighed and reached up to his wrist, which were bound to the bed with rope. She struggled slightly, but after a little effort, she untied his arms, leaving his legs secured to the bed. Bill waved his arms in liberation, relieved to be free. He was ready to communicate now. It was a long night, he said. Paula and Barbara smiled. I heard it too, said Barbara. I think we all heard you have a very good time last night. Paula laughed before saying, we heard you giving somebody a good time too. What a good girl. That's what we like. It's all part of the training. You'll grow to love it. Bill shuddered and returned to his silence. We think you did a good job, Lori, said Paula, and we could tell you were enjoying yourself. 
We heard the moans as you were being spanked. We could hear how turned on you were. It turned us on ourselves, listening, actually. Yes, continued Barbara. We can't wait to include you in our sex games. We've got loads of ideas already. You're turning out to be a great little slut. Bill shook his head and tried to untie his feet. But they were too stretched, and in the position he was in, it was hopeless. He tried to move his ankles, but they wouldn't shift. Paula and Barbara noticed his struggling, looked at each other, and nodded. Okay, Lori, it's time to untie you fully. You have a very busy day ahead of you, and we need to start getting you ready, said Paula. Paula and Barbara slowly untied Bill's ankles and waited patiently as he shook his legs and stretched his body. They walked over to his wardrobe as he became reacquainted with his limbs and started to choose which clothes he should wear. Paula pulled out a French maid's outfit and held it up to Bill. It freaked him out for a second as he remembered his dream. But he was quickly distracted as Barbara also held up some heels. These heels were even bigger than the set he had worn on the treadmill that time. They were ridiculous, perhaps six or seven inches high. It would be impossible to walk in them. He was worried. They saw his expression and tutted in disapproval. Don't pull that face on us. You're such a lucky girl. Having all these nice clothes and nice shoes? Show some gratitude, demanded Barbara. Bill knew he was likely to get punished if he didn't do what they said, so he forced a smile. That's better, said Paula. You're so pretty when you smile. You really should smile more, agreed Barbara. Barbara put the heels on the bed and picked up a corset and a pair of long black satin gloves. Paula pulled out some fishnet stockings and some black lacy panties. Now, are you going to be a good girl, or do we have to tie you up to get these on you? asked Paula. Let's wait and see, said Barbara, as she picked up the panties. Stand up, one foot in, she said in an almost motherly way. Bill complied. He stood by the side of the bed and lifted his leg. He put his foot into one side of the panties and then did the same with the other side. When he was standing in the panties, Barbara lifted them up around his crotch and smiled. They fit you just so nicely, she gushed still speaking in this eerily mother-like tone. Paula was ready behind Bill with a corset, which she lifted over his head and in front of him as soon as the panties were on. Breathe in, she ordered, and Bill inhaled a little. More than that, ordered Paula. Bill breathed in as much as she and Paula pulled the corset tighter. She pulled it as tight as she could against his body and pulled at laces. She yanked them tighter, tighter, and tighter, then turned around and checked Bill's face. He was still breathing. She pulled the corset a tiny bit tighter, 
as far as it would really go, and then she secured the strong ribbons in place with bows and knots. I suppose the sooner the shoes go on, the better, so you can get extra practice. The motherly tone was now gone, and she returned to sounding a bit nasty. Bill grimaced at the thought of walking in skyscraper hills, but decided it was the wisest to say nothing. Sit down, she ordered, and Bill sat on the edge of the bed in his lacy panties and tight corset. Stockings first, she said. She pulled his feet into the wide fishnet stockings and lifted them up around his thighs. They were thigh highs with elastic tops, so she checked that they were on symmetrically before picking up the extremely high ankle strap sandals. Your legs are going to need shaving again soon, she said, but you're okay for now. She pushed his feet into the shoes and tightened the buckles with the padlocks. When she was confident that they were secure, she instructed Bill to stand up. Walk around the room for a moment, ordered Paula. Get used to them. We'll dress you and put your makeup on in a second. Bill carefully stood up and tried not to fall. He wobbled and held his arms out as he tried to balance. He walked across the room, taking great care to avoid the treadmill, and walked back towards the bed. Paula and Barbara didn't take their eyes off him. Do that a couple of more times, commanded Paula. After that, we will progress. Bill obeyed. He walked up and down the room two or more times, then stood expectantly in front of Paula and Barbara, who were now perched on his bed. Satisfactory, said Barbara. Stay where you are. Bill stood still, and Paula pulled the French maid's dress over his head. It was black with white frilly sections. There was a white puffy maid cap to go with the outfit, sitting on the bed, but Barbara and Paula were saving that for later. They passed him a long pair of satin gloves and told him as though it were a treat. You can put those on yourself. Then we'll do your makeup for you. Bill caught himself genuinely smiling at this as he felt privileged to be allowed to put the gloves on himself. When they were on, he looked in the mirror. He did look naked without makeup on, he thought. He voluntarily sat in the chair in front of his vanity desk, ready for Barbara and Paula to fix his face. Before Barbara started on his makeup, she put a hormone pill in his mouth and passed him a glass of water. He washed it down keen to avoid trouble. She then started to apply makeup to his eyes, outlining them with a black liner. She then put blue eyeshadow and heavy amounts of MAC mascara. We're going for a French look to match the outfit, she said, and started rummaging through various foundations. She picked out a pale shade and applied it with a pad to Bill's face. She was very thorough with this application as she wanted to make Bill look paler than he did before. When she was done, he leaned back and nodded. Paula, do you want to do the red stuff? she asked. Paula smiled and walked over to the vanity table. 
she picked up a large pot of blusher which seemed to have an even larger brush inside it when she pulled it out. She smiled at Bill and lightly touched up his cheeks with a big brush. Bill felt as though he was going to sneeze at the brush and the powders on his face tickled his nose. But he didn't. She made his cheeks rosy red as Bill caught his reflection in the mirror. He thought the same as Paula. Lipstick. Paula picked up a bright red lipstick and Bill opened his mouth slightly before he was even told to. She applied the first layer and was about to tell Bill to close his lips and mouth when he did it anyway. She was ready to apply the second layer when he opened his mouth again. Wow, she said, you really are learning how to be a very good girl. Barbara nodded in approval. Paula finished applying his lipstick and both she and Barbara concluded the makeup was complete. Bill did too, privately. What are they doing to me? I'm changing. I'm feminizing. But it's not only women who have an eye for beauty, is it? I would have looked ridiculous dressed like that without proper makeup on to match. And it kind of does suit me. And who's to say it isn't manly anyways? What is manly? I don't know how long this is going to last for. I don't know why they have chosen me to be their slave. But I do know that I'm trapped. I have to comply or suffer. These women have their kind moments. They're not always mean to me. They are helping me to grow. They are changing me. I'm changing. I'm feminizing. Paula and Barbara looked at Bill for a moment once his makeup was applied. They agreed together that there was just one final step before they sent Bill down to discover what his first chores were. Paula pulled a brown wavy wig onto Bill's head and patted it down lightly. Soon your real hair will be long enough to style properly, she said. She put the white cap from the maid's outfit on top of the wig and then instructed Bill to stand up again. He struggled and wobbled again but managed to stay upright as they slowly led him towards the bedroom door. We're going downstairs, Paula said. You're going to make breakfast for Rachel and Alex. As with last time, you may not eat yourself until they have eaten and you have cleared away and washed their dishes. For that, you will have 20 minutes, and then Rachel will complete your outfit. Bill entered the kitchen to see instructions from Nicole about what Rachel and Alex were to have for breakfast. Two eggs over easy each, three pieces of bacon each, two slices of toast, buttered, cantaloupe for Rachel, not for Alex, one orange juice each, one cup of coffee each cream and sugar to be served to Rachel and Alex in their bed. Simple enough, he thought. He opened the fridge and his stomach rumbled. He couldn't wait until it was time for him to have breakfast. He'd have something similar to them, he thought. 
He pulled out the bacon and eggs from the fridge. He also took the butter out, so that it would have a chance to melt before he spread it, and took the cantaloupe out for Rachel. He put the bacon in the preheated broiler and sprinkled a little salt and pepper onto it. The eggs were to be fried on the stovetop, and Bill almost tripped as he hurried to flip the eggs before the edges became crusty. He was not used to cooking for other people and making breakfast kept him so busy that he forgot how much difficulty he was having walking in those heels. They were becoming much easier to walk in, even though Bill hadn't even realized that yet. Carefully, Bill opened the broiler to turn over the bacon. Minutes later, he had plated the eggs and put the bread in the toaster. It would all be timed perfectly. He was taking pride in his work today. He looked at the instructions from Lori again. Underneath the list of what was to be served, it said, To be served to Rachel and Alex in their bed. Bill felt scared. He didn't want to go in their bedroom alone. Something would happen. He knew it would. This was all part of a plan, wasn't it? They wanted a lot more than just breakfast this morning. Nervously, he put the food onto a large tray and prepared the drinks. Although the tray was large and everything fit easily, he felt uncertain about carrying it and was still unsteady on his feet. He walked extremely slowly up the stairs and was relieved when he made it to Rachel and Alex's bedroom. Breakfast, he called from outside the door, hoping that one of them would come and take it from him. The door's open, Rachel's voice called. Bill took a deep breath and stilled himself to open the door. He concentrated extremely hard on not dropping anything or falling over and managed to kick the door open with his high-heeled foot. He was extremely impressed with himself. When he went into the bedroom, Rachel lay in Alex's arms and started to wake up. Rachel nudged Alex awake. Our maid is here, she beamed. Alex opened his eyes. Good morning, maid Lori, he said sleepily, yawning a little as he spoke. Bill walked towards the bed, anxious to relieve himself of the tray. When Rachel shook her head, you must serve us properly. We know that you know how to curtsy. Bill clung onto the tray, filled with food, and wondered how he was going to curtsy with his hands. Rachel sighed. You can curtsy without your hands, dip your knees, lower yourself slightly, and smile. Then tell us breakfast is served. Bill put one leg in front of the other and wobbled slightly again. Trying to remain gracious and ladylike, he dipped his knee slightly. Sir and madam, breakfast is served. He said hoping that he improved sir and madam would be approved of. It was and Rachel accepted the tray from him. She placed a lot of the food on her nightstand and then requested another two smaller trays so that she and Alice could eat comfortably in bed. Bill turned around quickly to go fetch the trays. He was happy to get out of their room, even if it was only less than a minute. He returned shortly, and after being corrected by Rachel, he curtsied once again and presented Rachel with new trays. 
Very well, Maid Lori. You may go do whatever chores you have waiting for you. Bill sighed with relief and went back to the kitchen. He was starving, but knew that he couldn't eat until he washed their dishes. He wondered if coffee was allowed yet. He boiled the kettle, but then decided it probably wasn't. He walked upstairs and waited outside Rachel and Alex's room. After about ten minutes, Bill knocked on the door. Is everything okay with breakfast, he called. Do come in, said Rachel. The breakfast was wonderful, thank you, she said. We will dress ourselves whilst you do the dishes and prepare to eat your own breakfast. Meet us back up here in thirty minutes. Bill nodded, relieved that he could at least have a little time to himself to eat some breakfast. He carefully collected the trays, plates, mugs, and cutlery and walked out of the room with them. It was a little easier now that he wasn't balancing food and drinks on the tray, but still a bit of a struggle in the heels. He walked down to the kitchen and placed everything by the sink. He turned on the water and washed the dishes thoroughly before drying and putting them away. He decided to make himself a mushroom omelet for breakfast. He fried this up and ate it with great pleasure, washed it down with an orange juice and two mugs of milky coffee. He kept an eye on the time, washed his own dishes, and had five minutes to spare before he returned to Rachel's and Alex's room, exactly 30 minutes after he had left there. At least they let me eat. They're not trying to kill me. They want me. They have a use for me. I have to behave. I have to do as they say. They will keep the peace here. If I can keep the peace, I will be safe. Besides, I'm learning. I'm developing. I'm changing. So that was Feminized for His Inheritance, Part 3, by myself with a reading from Shayla Aspasia. Gosh, she's gotten so good at these. Um, if you were, if you are, you know, if you ever go back and listen to some of the beginning ones, she's good, but she's gotten great, and and that's wonderful to see. Um, I got a a call this week uh, left for me on the voicemail for the podcast uh, from Arnie, and I, I I don't want to read it. I didn't want to play it. I mean, because um, you know, privacy. I don't know if he'd want his voice on this podcast or not, but he he explain how much he really enjoyed it. He just discovered it. He was going back listening to the old ones. He said Jen just leaves him gasping. I think she has that effect on a lot of guys. And also said that, you know, the stories were riveting, the girls were tremendous. And then he, he became a monthly subscriber too. And I just saw it. He, he left it on the 4th, but I didn't see it until a couple days ago. But it's appreciated. The feedback's appreciated. Also, he became a monthly subscriber, which is also appreciated. He's got a recurring $5 membership, which which helps. It, it really does. You all came through big for me this past week, and I appreciate it. Um, you know, tax time is coming, and it's always scary for me. It's, it's not a time of a refund. It's always a time of how much do I owe. So I'm really, you know, appreciative of, of all these kind of things. And like I said, the feedback especially, too. So, I think next week we'll probably have Raina doing, um, okay, my dog is eating something he shouldn't, and I don't know what. Give me one second. Chance was eating a, a plastic, uh, knob to something. I will have to say that, um, 
I am forever grateful for Shayla for um, rescuing this little boy from me because he is awesome. But he always picks the worst time to start mischief. Anyway, um, I, I want to thank everybody for listening this week. We'll be back next week, I hope. With Raina, but it might be with Jen. It might be with one of the British writers who have my stuff. It might be with Lindsay. It, it, it might be with uh, more from Shayla. I don't know, but whatever it is, I'm sure it will be good because these girls are amazing. Please support me, and also please support them. They also deserve it. And um, anyway, have a great week, and uh, hope you'll be back next week. Stay safe, stay warm, stay out of that damn snow if you are like me, just getting buried in it.